May we bow our heads. Father, we come asking for your word to speak right now, Lord, through this vessel. For your servants are listening. Lord, I pray let it be all of you and none of me. Please, Lord, I ask by your grace that you just allow me to be dropped down deep amongst the riches of your wisdom and knowledge. To be a vessel to pour out your power through your word so that our lives will be transformed and truly met by you, that we leave better than we came in. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. If you could turn with me into our New Testament, to Ephesians, the second chapter, the epistle to Ephesus by Paul, authoring this letter, believe why he was in Roman imprisonment in his first imprisonment uh, to this church now in known a modern day Turkey to encourage them to continue contending for the faith and living a life that's pleasing to our Lord. And I want to highlight today being saved by grace. I want to point out in here where we were, what God has done, and where we are now. I want to point out how we might have been in a desperate situation, that we were unable to help ourselves to now where we are standing only by his grace. Can you help me announce this to your neighbor? Tell them, saved by grace. I'm not going to try to be before you long. Just want to try to deal with it as quickly as possible and as succinct as possible, as simple as possible. Because it's such a great mass of topic of what God is about to deal with. But I want us to take at least our time to focus and meditate on how great his grace is towards us. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I'll be reading in chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. If you have it, say amen. amen. If you're not there, please say hold on. Amen. Let us read together and hopefully arrive to the same conclusion. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passions, desires, and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, or another translation, his wrath, just like every one else can someone say but God is rich so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead it is only by God's grace that you have been saved 
For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believe and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece or God's workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things. He planned for us long ago. Saved by grace. Looking at how we are saved by grace, I, I just want us to just take the time and open up this letter and just look how Paul opens up and say, at once you were. Look, look at where we are without grace. We are dead in our sins and trespasses. We are living in, in a way that we says that says we have turned to our former means. We have left the knowledge and the wisdom, the light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to go into darkness and to embrace the darkness, to live in the darkness, to live in such a way that the only result is that you will just receive God's wrath. Living in the former knowledge means that we were acting just like those folks we talk about in the sixth chapter of Genesis. Oh, they were some wicked folks, weren't they? God decided to destroy the whole earth for them. Now, we, we, we were in the same boat. We were destined for the same wrath of God for destruction. He's pointing out that, that, that we are not alone. We once were without grace. We once were left to be destroyed. Because we're living as sons of disobedience. Living in rebellion to our God. Being under the rule of the prince of the air, allowing other words, Satan, the enemy being our ruler, that we obey him, satisfying the lust of our flesh. And, and, and all we get from satisfying the lust of our flesh is death. And, and nothing good comes from it. And that's where we were. And we were so there and so lost we did not know the better. And we see here how it says how the enemy is working in these sons of disobedience. It's kind of amazing sometimes now that many of us are saved and love the Lord with all our heart, that it breaks our hearts when we watch the news and see some of the wicked things that people do. It goes across the how could someone do such a thing? But when you're lost and living in the flesh, you're, it's amazing how reprobate your mind can get. To do the things that we would think unthinkable, how much we love our children, how dare someone would do something like that to a child. How much we love one another, how dare somebody decide to set somebody else's house on fire. Or pick up an arm against another to be in so much hatred and so much angst that they would decide that I will do this against you. 
It's amazing that when you look at it, that if we can just go back a little bit for ourselves, that we can remember when we got angry, how we didn't care about how somebody else felt unless we got what we wanted. If we made you feel bad, we did our job, we did what we wanted. It's amazing, just look at it closely here, hurting people hurt others. When you're hurt, you want to hurt somebody else. It's amazing how hurtful people do hurt things. That, that's why we have to be careful that when we become lost and depraved and hurt, that we don't try to do it all by ourselves. But tell your neighbor, there's hope out there. Because when you look at it, how we're all destined for God's wrath, but tell somebody there's a but. But God is rich. Aren't you glad God is rich? He is not poor. He is not inadequate. He is not unable. But tell your neighbor, God is able. God is able to do everything and beyond what we can ask or think. God is able. He is able to, do, to supply all our needs. Tell somebody, God is able. He is able to help me out when I'm getting hot in a, in a hot situation. He can step right on in. I can walk out unharmed, unscathed, looking just fine because my God is able. And so you see here, look at the contrast and show me where I was. I was unable. I was unable to fix myself. I was unable to save myself. I was unable to heal myself. But God is rich. I'm trying to move on, but I am just got excited just talking about how my God is rich. It's amazing how you can look how people brag about how they think about how my dad is this, my mama is this, they drive this car, they drive that. Well, can I, let, can I just brag about my daddy? My daddy is so rich. How rich is he? He's so rich that he got to pay himself. Because nobody else can afford him. My, my God is so rich, he gives us everything. And he got more to spare. Aren't you glad that he, he that the world say the earth and the fools of belongs to him, but he gave it to us. Come on, somebody. He has all power, but he gave it to us. Didn't Jesus say, go ye all ye, I've commissioned all powers of governor me, I've given it to you, and lo, I will be with you. You can do greater things. Woo! Tell your neighbor, God is rich. And so, since he is rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, we know how much he loved us, right? That he gave. His only begotten son, even though we were dead. Come on, somebody. Even though we were dead. What does that mean? Even though you had nothing to offer. You had nothing to give. You know, when something is dead, there's nothing there that's alive. Mm, mm, mm. Y'all don't hear me. That means there's nothing there that will benefit you. It means you'll get nothing out of it because it's dead. And when something is dead, it means it is useless. 
So if I can make my translation for a little bit, it would say, even when I was useless, had nothing to offer, I was nothing but a low down rest. God decided to give me life. Is that somebody else? If that's you, just go say, even though I was messed up, useless, worthless, nothing but a wretch, God gave me life. Look at the comparison. Verses 1 to 3 talk about how bad we are. Verses 4 through 6 talk about how bad God is. Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Our God is so bad, he could take what's death and bring it to life. Look, 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 look what he's did. We were dead because of our sins. We once were what? Living in sins and trespasses. And he says we were dead in our sins, but yet he made us alive with who? With Christ. Mm. Is Jesus alive? Mm. Is Jesus ever going to die again? Woo! So let, let, let's, let's translate this one more time. I once was dead, had nothing useless, worthless, nothing but a wretch. But God gave me life with Christ. So therefore I have everlasting life. I once had no value, but now I have eternal value. Woo! I once was worth nothing, but now I'm worth everything. Y'all see that? Because he raised us up with Christ. And, and look, 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 look. You know, Jesus did die, but he rose from the grave. Y'all know that, right? He stayed with his disciples for 40 days. But then he went up to the heavenlies. Woo! Y'all see that? So no longer are we citizens of this earth. But we are seated with the Lord. I'm just saying what the word says. It says we're seated with him in the heavenlies. Does it, does it not say earlier that he has all authority? God put everything under subjection, under Christ. So therefore I have authority. Because I'm with him. Did not Jesus say, abide in me and I will abide in you. Anything you ask, my father will give it to you. Woo! Did he tell the disciples, lo, I'll be with you always. Woo! Did he say, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send a comforter. Aren't you glad how God will make sure that we, when we are inadequate, he makes up our slack because we have nothing to offer. But God said, that's all right. Tell your neighbor, I can still work with that. Yeah. Aren't you glad how God can take something that's broken and says, I can still work with that. This is my holy imagination. It's like God going down to the junkyard. And taking all the broken pieces and saying, I can make something new. And, and I can see the junk man just looking and says, you can't do anything with that. 
And I can see God looking at the junk man to simply tell him, man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Tell your neighbor, all things are possible. It's amazing how we see the limits of ourselves and therefore we are so broken, we are so constricted, we are so confined that it's easy for us to put those same limitations on an awesome God. But sometimes we need to help ourselves out and realize that if he created the heavens and the earth, if he created me, i got to remind myself that nothing with my God is impossible. Because he's rich. And since my daddy is rich, he wants to share what he has. So God, look at this. He raised us up in the heavenly realms. And he did this not for us. But it says so God can point us to all future ages as an example of his incredible wealth. Ah! Of his grace. My God is so good. He wants everybody to say, look at this broken stuff and look how rich they are. God wants the world to see that look what I can make. Now, my imagination went here now. God went from the junkyard with that messed up junk and put it in the Smithsonian. And you know why they go to the museum. To look at what they believe is beautiful art. And as they walk in, they say, didn't I see that in the junkyard? And didn't I throw that away? Didn't I think that was useless? And, and you can tell that person, yes, I was useless to you because I wasn't made for you. You didn't know how to take care of me. You didn't know how much I was worth. That's why I left you. That's why I have nothing to do with you. But glory be to God, he found me. And since he found me, he brought me to his shop, and he worked on me. And he worked on me so good, look at me just shine, just shine. You, you know when you go to the museum, right? They got all the lights just shine on all the hours so you can clearly see it. God just likes to shine on his workmanship. Because, tell, you, tell somebody, he's rich. And look at the incredible what he wants to show He wants us to see that we are united with Christ Jesus. This is what God did for us. He did it because he's able. He did it because he's rich. He did it because of his great love. The Psalm 145a says that the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. Exodus 34, it says, then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, a, a compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. This is out of God's own lips. And he said this to, to Moses. Moses wanted to see his face, but he said, you can't see my face and still live, but I'll let you see the back of me. And he comes by, and he just let, he just let him know how great I am, that I'm compassionate, I'm mercy, I'm full of loving kindness, slow to anger. Y'all know this is after the Ten Commandments, right? 
This is after they done messed up and act a fool. God sure enough said, I'm still slow to anger. Even when I was dead in my sins, God was slow to anger. I was destined for wrath. We were destined for wrath. We were destined to be destroyed. But God was slow in his anger that he had mercy. He made us alive together in Christ. For it's by grace we have been saved. I want us to look at what we have received from God. He looked at where we were. He looked at what God has done. Look what we have received from what he has done. We are saved. I I don't know how to better say it. (laughs) We are saved. We are saved. I don't know how better to say. I mean, for God so loved the world, he gave his only God's son. So who believes so not perish? But they shall have everlasting life. So you shall be saved. I don't know how else to say it. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God desires that man does not perish but repent so they can be saved. I'm glad that we can't help ourselves, but God is able to. I don't know how else to say it, but God is able to save. Look, look, look. It says, by grace we are saved through faith. Not by works so that no man can boast. I, I had to write this down because in my reflection, this is it. So if it'll, I'm going to try to make sense out. This is my, was my rambling. It says, salvation is nothing to boast about as an accomplishment one has attained. Salvation is not the result of work someone has done and, and that salvation was, and so therefore salvation was owed. Look at this for this situation. People hire workers to do a job for a negotiated wage. For special jobs, you get specialized professors and pay them a special fee for the work they have done. If they are not qualified for the job, they oftentimes will not get the job or even an interview. You will not have a plumber perform open heart surgery for you over a cardiologist. You want the one who is worthy to do the job. Jesus was the only one who was worthy to save us from sin. And no other person could do the work of salvation to save mankind. Jesus did this work out of grace for us. We could not pay for it or work for it. We don't deserve this great gift. But God's great love was demonstrated in Christ, the only son of the begotten father, so that we might be saved. You see how that works out, that we couldn't work for it? We couldn't hire somebody else to do it, but there's only one person that could do it. And we didn't, you, 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 you know how there's people on waiting lists to get surgery done, but they also wait to get the money to pay for the surgery that will save their life. Can you imagine us being on a waiting list trying to raise enough funds so Jesus could save us? You won't go to God and negotiate a ways. God, uh, how much is your son worth? All I got is $100. Is that good enough for you? Y'all with me? And, and you think God will look at you and say, yeah, he's worth $100. Go ahead on by. No. God going to look at you and say, you fool. 
He's worth more than what you have to offer. But catch this. Don't worry about it. I got it. I can work with that. Whatever you have, that's what I want. And I'll make it greater. I'll make it better. Y'all see that? We are products of God's grace to do good works. Look, he took us from being no good in a junkyard heap to shining us up to making us a masterpiece. And only in the master's hands are we a masterpiece. Only in the master's hand are we a great work of art. And when we have become a great work of art, people admire what God has done in us. And when folks, when somebody comes up to you and they start complimenting you about your job, about your life, about your children, about your car, about your clothes, even your pretty smile, just let them know it wasn't my fault. But God, so enough is good. Because we talk about what we don't deserve. We don't deserve none of that stuff. But God's grace. But by his grace, I am what I am. I did not make his grace of no effect, even though I work that much harder. But it's not the work that I do, but by the grace of God. We are here only by the grace of God. If it wasn't for his grace, where would I be? Aren't you glad how great is thy faithfulness? Great is thy faithfulness. Morning after morning, new mercies uh, I see, aren't you glad how God every day is so rich? He never gets, he never gets tired. He never runs short of pouring out another blessing. Look how it is by his grace, by his grace that we are not lost and out of our mind. By his grace, we are not long gone away begging for a drop of water on our tongue because torment is so bad. By his grace, we did not turn to a pillar of salt trying to flee our own Sodom and Gomorrah. By his grace, we weren't drowned in a flood because we turned to a reprobate mind. By his grace, we weren't burnt up in fire but saved. By the quenching fire. By his grace, we were unable to give him anything. He still gave us everything. I want you to deal and look at this about how mercy and grace are often synonymous. Let's look at this for a moment. Mercy means to relent punishment. That is due to show pity. Grace is giving you what you don't deserve. God shows mercy on us because he has compassion towards us. But then also he gives us what we don't deserve. Let me help you out. You are, you are charged with a crime. And evidence speaks for itself. They declares that you are guilty. But the judge says you are able to go. But here comes the gift. The judge says, but I will give you another job. Y'all see that? The judge didn't have to say, give you another job. So you're free to go. Hope you have a good life. Do what you can. But no, I will put you in a place so that you can have success. Y'all see that? Look what it says here. We were saved by grace through faith, 
Not by works so that no man go, but by the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God has, because God made us for work in Christ, and catch this, he has already predestined the work for us to do. So once he saved us from that junk, we're destined to go through the fire. You know that's where they burn up that junk. They just burn some of that stuff up to make room. So we were saved from the junk pile that's going to go to the fire, but he took us out of that dark, out of that mess, into the marvelous light for people to admire and to see because catch this when they hang the art up before they hang it up they already designed a position for it y'all catch that they already designed where they're going to place the art so that it can be seen in a proper place God already knows where he wants to put you when he has already called you out before you were formed God knew what he wanted to do with you even though you were worthless God was already saying, I can work with that. And he will put you where he wants you to be. So that you can do things beyond you could ever think or even imagine. And and I, I want us to grab this as I close. Look how great he can do this. Does not matter where you are does not matter what you have gone through. doesn't matter how great the pain, how great the sorrow, how great the guilt and the shame you feel. He is still able to save you because his salvation is not based upon what you have to offer or what you have to give, but it's based upon how rich he is. And he's rich in mercy. His love never fails. And he likes Giving grace. So I don't know where you are in your life, but I know we're all in need of more grace. And tell your neighbor his grace is more than enough. So no matter what you're going through, his grace is more than enough. Because God can work with that. Can he work with it? Aren't you glad he's not done with you? Aren't you glad he loves you so? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that by grace we are saved. That you are faithful to your children. And that you took us from where we were so that we can be with you. We were lost, suffering in sin. But you gave us life. You gave us peace. You gave us grace. You gave us joy. You gave us authority. All through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, God, I pray, we pray, Lord, that someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they will cry out today, God. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, Father, we pray that they will repent and be baptized and walk, Lord, only in your grace to receive all what you have for us. In our Lord's name we pray. Amen. Amen. May we stand those who are able to stand.